This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, January 31st, 2021. All things new, a new heaven, a new earth. Well, good morning, Connection Church, in all of our locations. So glad you're joining us this morning on this about-to-be-snow-filled couple of days. So it's good to be with each and every one of you. As we finish our series, All Things New, this morning, a new heaven, a new earth. Good morning, Connection Church. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's really good to see all your faces in here. And it's really good to know that you're on the other side of that camera that I'm looking at. Hey, I just, uh, Paul, Blessed Assurance was like incredible, and there's a lot of chatter that people were really happy to be able to sing that song. So Mitchell, good choice on Blessed Assurance. Yeah, this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Amen. And so um, I also want to take just a moment. I hope that Bob Halstead is watching. He normally is, want to say, Today's his birthday, and it's also Cameron Ely. I think she's watching. She's 18. Happy birthday. A big day, Go, 18. Happy birthday, Cameron. Yeah, you're getting a clap there, Cameron and Bob. <laughs> all right, would you all pray with us, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for today, a day that we have a chance to be together here on site and online. We are one family, many locations from... Pennsylvania to Florida to North Carolina to all parts of Delaware and Maryland and everywhere. Lord, thank you. And so now settle us in and um, open our hearts that we might tackle uh, this scripture and revelation that is kind of hard, but you have so much to teach us. So we thank you for today and we give it to you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, everybody said, Amen. Amen. So as we shared in that intro video, our scripture today comes from the book of Revelation, last book of the Bible. Revelation can be a little challenging to study at times as it's filled with prophetic images, both literal and symbolic, sharing a vision at the time it was written of both the here and now and the there and then, speaking to people in the moment while looking ahead to the end times. Challenging that we have a, so it's a challenge as we have a ringside seat to a cosmic confrontation of epic proportions. That's, yeah. that's big, say that's that huge. line again. The cosmic confrontation of epic proportions. A winner-take-all match of good versus evil, an ultimate fighting championship of all time, God versus Satan. But you know, here's the beauty of that book, Revelation. Because of this book, we know, we already know the outcome of that battle. We already know. We know who wins the war of God and Satan. We know that in the end, good triumphs. Good, say it with me, good triumphs. Yeah, Jesus is victorious. Jesus is victorious. And God is on the throne. God is on the throne. Forever and always for eternity. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
And so today we do focus on the last chapter of Revelation, or next to the last chapter of Revelation, chapter 21, where the battle is over and the victory is won. We're given a glimpse. We're given a taste. We're given a sampling of what God's glorious eternity looks like. The challenge here is for John to describe in human terms what this otherworldly vision is. In other words, how can someone put into human language the glories of God's eternity? I mean, it's really impossible to do. It's like the challenge of trying to capture the magnificence of the Grand Canyon. I haven't seen it, and I want to see it because I don't think the pictures really show me what is what. It's on our bucket list. This summer. Oh, well, I hope so. Whew. Anyway. That's the plan. Of course, COVID. plans change, don't they? <laughs> they do. They do. Think about, like, the futility of a video of, the Ni of Niagara Falls. When we went, it's like breathtaking. And we can see a video, but it just doesn't cut it. It doesn't. And so it's important to try to plug in what John is trying to say, the picture he is trying to paint in Revelation 21. And I'm going to read verse 1 right now. Uh, Revelation 21, verse 1, New Revised Standard Version. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. Mm. A new heaven, a new earth. This isn't new. <laughs> it says new. <laughs> it's not new. God shared this previously with the prophet Isaiah. Check out chapter 65 of Isaiah, verses 17 through 19. Here it is. This is the New International Version. See, this is God speaking through, through him. This is what the Lord says. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it. No more. Say no more. No, no more. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 700 years before John wrote Revelation, God shared this concept with his prophet Isaiah. And so that's why Alan said this <coughs> new heaven, new earth is not a new thought because we were told about it not back here, but up here. <laughs> John is given this picture of what is to come, which then he shares with us that new heaven, new earth, first heaven passed away, the sea, no more. New heaven, new earth. See, in the present, heaven and earth are separated, far removed from one another, us here, heaven there. Earth, once paradise, is far from that idyllic place now, far from God, since, since Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit and brought about the fall of humankind. So there's a great chasm between heaven and earth, a leap of faith, so to speak, between the earthly and the divine, between humankind and God, the day-to-day -day and the eternal. 
And so in this vision given to John, this old earth and this old heaven separated from one another will be no more. And the sea was no more. This is just like really weird. The sea was no more. Taken literally, it could be a little disconcerting to those of us who love the ocean. The idea of not being able to sit by the waves, have my toes in the sand reading my book. For me, that's a little glimpse of heaven. And yet, <laughs> perhaps we won't miss the ocean when we are in eternity, in the presence, in the glory of the Holy One. I sure hope so. <laughs> symbolically, symbolically, the sea represents chaos, peril, the unpredictable. This mirrors the reality of what the sea can bring. You know, the number of ships that have gone down in the sea over history. It's, a, it's a, just a mind-boggling number. The number of lives that have been lost in the tragic waters. For many, the sea is a place then of fear and turmoil. And so John shares here that the sea was no more. It gives a vision of peace, of safety, of tranquility. In addition, earlier in the same book of Revelation, back in, in chapter 13, it told us the sea was the home of a satanic beast. No sea, no beast. <laughs> the source of evil is gone. There's a Bible-focused blog, and it's called Got Questions, and it shares no more sea, no more sea is the first of seven things that will be no more. The other six that will be eliminated with the new heaven and the new earth are these. First of all, no sea. No more death, no more mourning, no more weeping, no more pain, no more curse, no more night. Wow, no more. Yeah. Wow. Can I hear an amen? I wow, mean, yeah. think about these things. Sounds pretty awesome. And so the blog tells us that no more sea is part of the description that the recreated universe looks like after the final battle. As it shares, all, um, a lot of things are going to look a lot different than they do right now. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Revelation 21, verse 2, New Revised Standard Version, NRSV. And I saw the whole, this is John speaking, this vision that he's been given by God, uh, by uh, Jesus is sharing with him. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Picture this. The new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Think of those weddings you've been to where that bride is adorned for her husband. And, and back in ancient times, it was on steroids, what we can imagine. You know what I mean? It was uh, quite, a, quite a deal there. So picture that. The new Jerusalem. Alan, sorry. <laughs> Do you remember, some of you were with us, Carlton, oh, yeah, yeah, Shane, yeah. we were in India, Pat, yeah. John, remember, we were out on the city street, Mitchell, who else was there with us? We were out on the city street, we had just had dinner, and next thing you know, we see this guy on this horse, and there's like this whole parade going ding, 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 <laughs> to drums and everything, and they were headed to the hotel to see the bride 
that was adorned for her husband. Do you remember that? But he wasn't just on a horse. I mean, it was he was costume. I mean, he oh was decked out. Oh my gosh, he out. like had this thing on his Colors head. Colors and, and, and you know, it, it, India I know is not here, but there's similar, a lot of similarities. We walk through there, it feels like we're walking through scripture. And there's yeah. a lot of similarities in that oh, what a whole great Middle East area and these celebrations and, and this. That's a very good image there, Carrie, because of that adorned for her. It's just a great image there. And so this new Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem, Jerusalem was always the focal point for the Jews. Jerusalem was it, the capital, the center for them from a religious, from a political, from a social standpoint. You know, in our culture, we tend to separate those things, the religious, the political, and all those things. But for them, they were all wrapped up together, and Jerusalem was at the center of it all. You know, even when Jerusalem was destroyed by the Babylonians, obliterated, obliterated, the Jews looked to the day when God would restore Jerusalem. I mean, not just, it's a, not just, it's, it's like an idea, a concept, it's symbolic for their, for their lives, for their culture, for everything. And so, uh, they, were th they were thinking in worldly material perspective. In John's vision, though, we see the eternal. We're going beyond just, just the, the here and now to the eternal, the holy city, the new Jerusalem, adorned as a bride for her husband, all out no holds barred. Oh my gosh. <coughs> so, Jane just shared the picture that I'm talking about. It was so cool. Stephanie, I don't know if you were with us that night. Oh, what a great vision. Because it does connect right with what we're talking about. Tied right in. Wow. Okay. So, what does this look like? The latter verses share with us. First of all, this, this is a huge space. 1,400 miles long, we read in verses 15 through 17. And it's as wide and as high as it is long. It's a perfect cube. That kind of sounds weird, but that's what it says. It's a perfect cube. Can you picture that? Verse 23 tells us that it is lighted by the glory of God. The glory of God. We talked about this. Last month when we talked about Christmas and remember the shepherds were in the fields and the sky lit up and they were like, oh my goodness, what's happening? And they were a little bit afraid. They were terrified. They were. <laughs> I mean, it was a light that was so bright and so powerful. Wow, overwhelming from an earthly standpoint. Oh my goodness, can you imagine how radiant heaven will be. The verses 12 to 21, excuse me, tell us that the 12 foundations will bear the names of the 12 apostles, the disciples of Jesus, decorated with precious stones, while the 12 gates, each made from a single pearl, that's a BHP, that's a big honking pearl, so, you know, to to make an entire gate out of a single pearl. I'm just saying. And those gates will bear the names of the 12 tribes. See the importance of the 12 tribes, the 12 disciples. And verse 22 tells us that the great uh, street, uh, or excuse me, the great street of the city is pure gold, transparent as glass. There you go. You've heard for years, right? The, the pearly gates and the streets paved in gold. <coughs> That's where it comes from right there. There you go. 
Can you even begin to imagine, though, how overcome John must have been by this vision of what is to come? How challenging it must have been trying to describe the indescribable, trying to put into earthly words a heavenly scene that goes far beyond our limited human language. Um, using earthly metaphors is what he's doing to paint for us a picture of eternity that really can't fully be painted with our earthly colors, textures, and designs. Yeah. You know, what a glorious, incredible, magnificent vision of what is coming when the new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven from God. Wow. And so... Most of you know that um, I'm a nurse, retired now. Uh, anyway, retired, full-time ministry. But a lot of my nursing career has been working with hospice. So like almost 30 years. And before that, it was critical care. So I've always been dealing with the edges of life. And so I was at the bedside when we were in Seaford of somebody who I was her nurse. I was also her pastor. So I was double dutying it. And she was in her last. One stop shopping. One stop, yeah. So she was in her last hours. And I was there beside her bed. And she opens her eyes and she goes, oh, It's beautiful. And I said, Tell me, what, what do you see? That's all she could say. I know that you guys, the Lairds, had some of that with Charlie. This otherworldly, like you see something so beyond words that you can't even put words in Indescribable. it. Indescribable. That's what John was trying to do. And yeah, it helps us, but it doesn't quite cut it. As we continue on in the scripture, verses 3 and 4. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. And so this new Jerusalem is coming down out of heaven from God. God's home, heaven, now will be among mortals. That's us. God's dwelling among us. We're reminded in Genesis, before the fall, humankind was in the Garden of Eden. It was just perfection. It was paradise. God walked with them and talked with them. And, oh, how often we talk ultimately that we will regain paradise and Eden will return but this paints a little bit of a different picture from that. Eden, it's a garden. Garden um, was like quiet, few people, sparsely populated. Jerusalem is a city, people-filled, hustle-bustle, vibrant. And when God visited the garden, especially after they ate the fruit in the vision um, given to John, God dwells among the people. He's living right there with them. So you've got the garden, you've got the new Jerusalem, and this kind of comes together. 
in the scripture. God living right there. God living right here with us. Scripture says they will be his peoples and God himself will be with them. Wow. God with us, Emmanuel. You know, we're used to thinking of dying, going up to heaven to be with God. And this is, paints a very different picture where God is bringing heaven down to us. Pretty wild, isn't it? And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And again, John is sharing Isaiah this time. This time it's Isaiah 25, 8. Verses we often share at funerals. Almost, almost always we share at funerals. And you can understand why where we share uh, this Isaiah 25, 8. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Every tear. Can you imagine? Death will be no more. No more. Because it's about life. It's about living. God-centered, God-focused, God-infused living. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. Can you even begin to imagine? No death, no mourning, no crying, no pain, no more, no more, no more. Say no more with me. No more. No more. For the first things have passed away. It's a new day. It's a new day, a glorious new day. What an absolutely awesome vision we have to look forward to, to live for, to even die for. Joy, absolute joy in the presence of the Lord. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. And so the one who sits on the throne is in charge, the one we bow down to, the one we honor, the one we worship. In this passage, in this passage of Revelation, it's our God, God, the God of creation, the God of all living things. He is the one making all things new. The one telling us, he's telling us that the words are trustworthy and true. And so this gives us something to think about. You know, who's on the throne for us, for you, for me? Is it God? Is it at all times? Or do we sometimes let our focus wander, allow ourselves to bow down to something or someone other than God? Honor and worship something or someone other than the Holy One. Money? (laughs) Job? Cars? Houses? Hobbies? Kids? Booze? Drugs? Sex? Position? Possession? A person? Gotta remember here, we must never, ever forget who is truly on the throne. God and God alone. It's God and God alone is the one who's on the throne. A new heaven, a new earth, all things new. Sometimes it's really so easy to get focused 
on the immediate. I'm, I'm this, you know, administration person, like I can't help it. And so it's really easy to get so focused on, on the right now, the here and now. And if I'm not careful, I can lose sight of the there and then. I don't know, maybe some of you have that same thing. Sometimes we get so entrenched in the here and now that we lose track of the there and then, especially in challenging times, times like right now. They are crazy times. Nothing really seems stable, but we know that we do stand on the blessed assurance and the rock of Jesus Christ. So that is absolutely stable. But in the midst of the world, we have health challenges, political challenges, social challenges, religious challenges. It just seems like we're challenged everywhere we turn. And that's nothing new. We read that. In Scripture, we've read that all through history. Challenge. Especially for Christ followers when we're, when we're called to walk it out in a different way than the rest of the world. And so that's what put today's writer, John, on the island of Patmos, which is on the coast of Greece, because he was challenged by the Roman emperor Domitian. Mm. But it's this vision that was given to this same John that forever reminds us <clears throat> that what we see in the day-to-day, -day, the here and now, isn't all there is. It's not all there is. What we see, thank the Lord, isn't all there is. This vision that John shares with us reminds us that what's happening today will look very different tomorrow. That even though God may some days feel distant, may heaven may <clears throat> some days maybe even feel nowhere in sight, <clears throat> the day is coming when the holy city of Jerusalem is coming down from heaven down out of heaven from God, adorned like a bride for her husband, complete with pearly gates and streets paved in gold and all the rest. A day is coming when God will be right here, dwelling among us, we his people, he with us, wiping away every tear from every eye. No more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain, no more of any of that, because all of that has passed away. Amen? Amen. So I want to share a little bit more here. Verse 6. Then he said to me, It is done. I am Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. So I just want to say to you, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? You don't have to be thirsty. Because we can just take one more step toward Jesus. Say, okay, God, I want to drink from your fountain. I don't want to drink from that fountain because that runs me dry every time. I want to drink from your fountain. I want to see what new thing you're going to do 
in my life because that's what God's all about. God is a creative God and wants the best for us. And we can begin preparing for that right here and right now because God already came down to us 2,000 years ago with Jesus. God in the flesh, Emmanuel. God came, gave his life, conquered the grave to bring us salvation as we prepare for a new heaven and a new earth. We don't have to wait until our very last breath to begin to share in the glories that John talks about in Revelation. We can, we can like, begin now because when we accept Christ as our Savior, our eternity begins with him. We're here as it is here and in heaven. We say that in the Lord's Prayer. Here and in heaven. It is so cool. So I don't know where... I know where some of you are. I don't know where all of you are. I don't know where all of you are. But this is a great chance to just say, okay, God, I'm going to today renew my relationship with you or I'm going to continue with and I'm just thanking you all the way. Or God, come on in for the first time. I'm sorry that I do this on my own. I need you. Thank you for the blessed assurance that you give when we say yes to you, that we have life with you here on earth and in heaven. Yeah, we can have a new direction, a fresh start, and experience all things new every day. I get so excited about this. I was like thinking, I don't want to preach this. I am so excited about this today. And I hope you are too, thinking about what God's going to do, has done, and will do in your life. That's the good news. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Don't leave your computers. Hang in for this next song. It's going to bring it all together. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about your glory. And I don't even have words. It's so hard. But, you know, we get a glimpse of it when we see a sunrise, when we see a, a new birth, when we experience love, when we just are about your business, Lord. So thank you. Thank you for the way that you loved us so much that you sent us Jesus. And so each day, all things can become new again. Because that's what hope is. And that's what a life of faith is. And we honor you and bless your holy name. In the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray this. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.